everyone and welcome to Globalize Asia. Support for this podcast comes from Royal Beans Chocolates. Royal Beans is based out of Bangalore, India and specializes in Belgian chocolates infused with exciting flavors like masala chai, cappuccino, berry blast, walnut marble and many more. You can gift these special crafted chocolates to your loved ones in India by visiting their website www.royalbeans.in. Use the promotional code GLA10 to get 10% discount off your order. Thank you. Hi everyone and welcome to Globalization. City of London is approximately 1 square mile. It is the financial capital of the world with more than 500 banks, foreign exchanges, London Stock Exchange, Lloyds of London and home to hundreds of non-banking financial institutions, contributing almost 3% of UK's GDP. Our guest today is Rehana Amir. She is a very dynamic woman from India who with her sheer determination got elected as a councillor for Wintry Ward in the all-important city of London. Let's hear her journey into politics and balancing roles of mother, wife, businesswoman and a mentor simultaneously. Rehana, welcome to Globalization. We finally managed to get hold of you, so thank you very much for spending time today and uh, discussing about your life uh, in half an hour on this podcast. So first of all, let me um, introduce you. Um, I understand you are a businesswoman yeah. uh, who runs uh, an IT a consultancy firm, um, and also you are a counsellor in the city of London for a wintry ward. Now, for those who don't have much more understanding on what the city of London is, so it's basically it's a, it's a part of uh, Greater London and one of the oldest establishment. And uh, you are a councillor for Wintry Ward. Yes. Now, first of all, congratulations. I, I know there is a bit of a history that you made as an Indian-born woman selected uh, as, as a councillor in that ward. Yeah, thank you, uh, Gagan, for inviting me for this uh, podcast. Um, I mean, just uh, uh, to give you a brief, I mean, my profile, if you see, I'm a businesswoman and uh, I am into consulting business in IT, engineering and management consultancy. And in apart from that, I mean, I'm a, a, a mother, a wife and uh, a politician, a newly elected politician. I got uh, elected to the ward of Wintry in city of London, which is, as you said, the, the oldest uh, uh, corporation in uh, UK in the history of UK and it's a 950 year old establishment started by the Romans and uh, so I'm the first Indian born woman to be elected ever in its history so where I unseated a sitting councillor of 33 years so it was not a, an easy win of course it was a, a very uh, I would say uh, a very tough one but of course the, ex the whole experience was remarkable and uh, yeah I mean today we've it's all the hard work that you put in and then you see the results of it which I think we all are proud of like you know yeah, that an Indian woman has achieved it. No definitely and I was uh, as you mentioned it wasn't an easy win I was reading some stats about city of London mm -hmm. and roughly about 80 odd percent people who lives in city of London are white British um, not really white British, but white population. Yeah. And only 10% is Asians. And out of that, only less than 3% are Indian. Mm -hmm. So what made you think that I should go and, you know, stand against 
Such a, I mean, I, I know it's it's a lot of people who want to, if A, you are new to the politics, so to speak, not that you don't follow it, but you're new to politics. Uh, most of us who wants to get into politics probably would think, let's go to an area like Hounslow or, mm. um, you know, um, let's say Wembley or Harrow of the World, where there's a population of Indians or Asians mm. are uh, independent. So you mm. can go and connect to them culturally on, uh, you know, uh, language barriers is not there, etc. Yeah. What made you choose City of London as, as, as a standing that, you know, yeah, let me go and... This is something quite... Often I've been asked, uh, I mean, since I entered into politics. See, I mean, for me, uh, the way I uh, look up at life is like, you know, if I really want to uh, bring the change, um, we need to, uh, of course, people will always get into in the more very, like, where they are comfortable with, where they could, like, you know, they know the people. So it's easier for them to collaborate and connect. But I mean, with me, uh, with my personality as such if you see I always go for the toughest uh, choice in my life and that's something my DNA is made up of like that I would say and uh, the reason I chose City of London is see I mean as part of my business I've done a lot of projects for city clients and in fact when I entered politics I was thinking of uh, uh, like you know standing up for the council elections in Hounslow but uh, uh, when I got to know about the City of London elections uh, then I thought I mean uh, let me like you know get into this because I have that habit of doing the, the most weirdest thing in the world, the most toughest thing in the world. And again, uh, for me, the reason I chose City of London is something where um, I could really like, you know, if I'm successful, I would have created a way for other uh, people from our community or for our background to say that this is achievable. Or otherwise, it would be an experience, then I could use that experience in uh, Hounslow or somewhere. So, I mean, it's all about like, you know, if you really want to bring the change, it is, it doesn't matter uh, where and when, mm. as long as you can, uh, you have the confidence that you could try it, go for it, take the risk. I think that was purely uh, my thing. And again, I had read a lot about the history of uh, City of London. And again, it's a very uh, white elite uh, sort of a club. That's what it said. So, I mean, I have that... Uh, daringness and I said let's go for it I mean if I fail it's okay it's an experience but uh, I wouldn't uh, like you know uh, be happy that I haven't given a try and I haven't uh, undergone that experience so it was purely more of a, a kind of um, a, a decision to see if I really want to be that change or bring that change this would be the best place. Thank Brilliant. You. Thank you very much for giving us the, the overview of what you have done. Many congratulations. Thank Remarkable you. journey. Can you just rewind a bit yeah. and uh, just, just talk about your initial years when you were in India? Um, mm -hmm. You know, what, what, what did you do there and what made you uh, come to the UK and doing all the marvellous things that you're doing here now? Oh yeah, okay. <laughs> um, I mean, in India, if you see, I've, uh, I mean, I was uh, born and raised in Chennai um, and uh, a very uh, traditional way of upbringing. Of course, we were four daughters, one son and... Uh, uh, thanks to my parents where the focus was more on education though we were four daughters uh, and still there was no difference in the family so we were sent to the best school uh, I'm, I'm educated from a very reputed convent uh, uh, institution and uh, um, I mean life was easy okay had all the comforts but my first failure I would say and still it lingers in my mind but it all happens for good we say uh, I was like I mean 
politics was not something that I would really get into. I never even had a, a weirdest thought of it, but I love to take up leadership roles and things. My first failure in life, I was like, you know, I wanted to uh, get into medicine. So as every our uh, usual way of thinking is either medicine or engineering. Yeah. Those are the two uh, careers which anyone would uh, aspire for. So even I was in the same league. And then, um, I mean, unfortunately, I lost by a, a, a small percent of mark. Maybe I think it was one percent by one mark or something. And then that's where my whole life changed. And then I ended up doing a bachelor's in zoology, which no one could ever like, you know. Mm -hmm. And then um, immediately got married after my graduation. The the, the usual our our Indian women we go through that process, and. Uh, yeah, but always that drive was there that I need to do something big. Of course, the failure was there. I was with, I was crying on that failure for a year. And again, when I had the chance to get into medicine, but then I had made a decision that life can be different. It's not that it is always uh, <clears throat> we get what we aspire, but we can make it different and we can make it big. So I really thank my father even today for like not taking that decision and not sending me to a private uh, uh, medical college. Um, that was a different story which I don't want to bore mm -hmm. you now with and uh, then I mean after marriage and things I mean aspired to get into corporate jobs so I uh, did work for various companies and then uh, after nine years of marriage um, I felt no I need to really do something different much more bigger I want to go global because I've been working with large global organizations so I see how uh, the world operates mm. and that's where I uh, took up the confidence to go tell my husband like you know um, I want to study abroad are you happy to like you know sponsor me and send me over yeah. uh, so initially he was a bit surprised but I mean um, I should thank him I, I'm quite lucky that I got him as my husband and uh, yeah and then he said uh, why not and in fact one of the other reason why I got uh, inspired was because uh, at that moment within the family my uh, brother-in-laws and my own brother had gone to the UK to do their masters so I felt I mean is it only a, 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 a male yeah. gets this advantage is that because now I'm married and having two children can I really but I mean at that moment I felt only when you ask you get Mm. So yeah. I don't want to live in assumptions to say, uh, well, I think I might not be allowed or things. So I took the guts, I took the confidence and I had a very open chat with my husband and I said, this is what I aspire and is this something you can support me with? But of course, I did work out the whole strategy, how the children will be taken care, how the family business will be run mm. and... Uh, even how the funding could be organized and all the because I, I can get scholarships I told him I, I gave him that confidence and uh, uh, and built him in him that trust that yes I can do these things and uh, yeah and and the other thing I mean as a um, as a relationship I feel that confidence and that trust is very important and when that is there like you know this each of the partners mm -hmm. help each other and that's what exactly happened in my life and then from there on the journey started i came here studied but of course i did go back uh, to india and uh, when i joined uh, 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 a fortune 500 company then i was sent again here back on project work so that's where the journey was like you know between india and uk and then one final in 2008 i decided um, maybe it's good that we settle here especially for my children's sake because uh, I wanted to, them to like you know have the schooling here, get the best of the education. 
so that's where it all started okay that's brilliant uh, one question uh, about the about the early days in india mm-hmm. you know when you, when you were having this conversation with your husband that you want to go to uk to study yeah. um mm-hmm. and there were there were male uh, family members who were who were going abroad at that time did you have any role models at that time did you look up to somebody uh, either within the family or the workplace to sort of um you know get inspiration from where did you draw the inspiration at that time i mean um, um as uh, as every child always their inspiration is the parents yeah okay and for me uh, since my childhood my mother has been an inspiration on most of the like you no know, softer skills or the life skills mm-hmm. i would say and my father more from a uh, what to say <coughs> in terms of uh, uh, the way how society respects the way society looks up to you and again that factor of giving back to the community so those sort of things were there and it's always been my parents and uh, the other thing on my own self i for me uh, being a mother of two children i always had that uh, feeling like you know i should be the best mother for my children mm-hmm. and to be the best mother i should be doing these things right so that my children could look up to me as their role model so that's the kind of because me being a mother at that moment that was lingering more in my mind rather than me having a role model as such mm-hmm. but my parents of course they were the they were my role models but on for me i had that pressure or i had that urge that you know i should be a role model for my children right so that was something that uh, that made me so and of course i mean with my mother i learned uh, the skills of uh, being a uh, being confident and uh, uh, articulate well don't keep things in your heart if you want something go speak out yeah so if you feel hungry only you can go say whether you are feeling hungry so yeah. that's something my mother taught me and mm-hmm. my father taught me like you know how to be a good leader how to give back to the community so a range of skills i would say right. brilliant so politics is a word that comes with dirty as uh, you know yeah. given yeah. especially when we come to india you know yeah. we we talk about uh, anything ill happens or something doesn't go according to your plan in corporate world you say something politics happened or whatever you know the politics word is never seen in a in a in a in a you know bright sunshine so to speak uh, what made you choose this as a you know as a field where you think that i will i can go and probably make a difference mm-hmm. because the you know the word politics is always is something if, if there is a diplomatic failure with, between india and pakistan politics is happening mm-hmm. you know it's always there is a negative uh, you know connotation attached to that yeah. so what is that attracted you towards politics yeah see be it politics or be it any aspect of life even your personal life your professional life always there are two sides of the coin the good side and the bad side and um, so uh, in politics the bad looks more obvious is because i mean it, you get exposed your life is no more personal every aspect of your life becomes public and that's why it gets that like you know the bigger uh, impact and things i mean for me as i said uh, uh, the reason is one is giving back to the community and second thing is uh, um, i've developed uh, a lot of experience skills and i really need to put that into practice and um, i mean of course throughout the years i've been doing sm- uh, a small community work but as i said i always had that urge to do big dream big have a bigger vision and that could be achieved only if i get into politics where i could really bring that vital difference where i could bring that change 
and um, uh, so it was a bit of an initially it took quite some time for me to like you know adapt myself to getting exposed in this uh, uh, wider arena but uh, with the right uh, strategy with the right skills and making the right decisions at the right time so mm. i really planned it was like a proper uh, like you know it's a new step in my life so mm. i need to be prepared with it uh, the both the good and the bad what happens if you lo- yeah you you mentioned that you are very organized and you also have a structured approach towards uh, something as you mentioned when you wanted to come to study in uk you, you you went to your husband with a solution right yes. you said all you have to do is agree so and trust so that's how me. so yeah. that's how i mean uh, so of course there is bad in politics but again it is up to you how you can bring that difference and how well you are prepared and what your strategy is going to be and what your bigger objective is mm. going to be as i said always like you know um keep your eye on the price okay you will have obstacles in just for wider audience who are listen who are listening mm. what is the job spec of councillor looks like what what does councillor do on day to day basis yeah um the city of london uh, councillor position is it's typical a uh, civic responsibility as the way you have in other london councils um and uh, the structure is based on a committee basis so we have the common court of council which is like you know a monthly once we have the whole court meeting where the 100 councillors and the lord mayor is there the officers are there we discuss various uh, uh, issues debate and motions are passed and uh, as a councillor uh, i mean as i said we have committee structures and uh, so there are councillors uh, for example every ward will have 2 to 10 councillors depending on the size of the ward and my ward is the smallest and we are two councillors so we have ward committees and non ward committees so there are six mandatory ward committees and in that um, we share it between the two of us so i sit on the planning and transportation markets and communities and children services so um, i mean as the word says planning and transportation it is the entire road infrastructure of course it is the from the transport uh, uh, for london but again from an infrastructure perspective still we have a, a part of a role to play and uh, so all the planning applications the decisions come to us where we uh, evaluate review um, and give the approvals for the constructions to happen for the development to happen and then on the markets uh, there are three markets uh, in the city of london so we like you know we um, define policies we make decisions we approve uh budgets in terms of uh, how the functioning of the markets the the whole infrastructure and the operational aspect and uh, community and children services is on the housing uh, schools uh, health hospitals so policies and operations and functions around these various areas so we uh, as a committee we sit together we see what the issues are and what decisions mm-hmm. have to be made how do we improve the uh, the functioning of each of these departments so f- full accountability of the civic uh, operations it's quite got a remit got a diverse remit uh, yes. within within uh, one umbrella of councillors quite yeah. thanks for explaining that um before you started before you decided that this is the job for me um in order for me to get into politics did you have any mentoring within the political world to say who can guide you on how to go about it uh because you know it's it's a new country so to mm-hmm. speak um the systems are different um ethnic diversity etc so you know how 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 did you even started to think on that level and who did you approach 
Yeah, I mean, uh, as you rightly said in the earlier uh, answer which I gave, I'm quite very structured in whatever I do. I'm very systematic and I believe in always having the right uh, skills, knowledge and education support to get into uh, any venture or any like you know prospect in your life. And that's where I was researching is are there any mechanisms uh, available where I could uh, like you know get some mentoring or guidance or advice on how to uh, transfer my corporate skills and knowledge into public uh, aspect. Mm -hmm. Of course I, w I had some basic understanding but I felt again if I need to get into a proper uh, uh, political or a public service role I need to have those uh, that knowledge and understanding and that's where I got to know about the Fabian women's uh, uh, mentoring program, uh, women's network mentoring program. So it's I, I applied uh, for that um, uh, to get to get a, a a place in that program. And it's a very competitive process. Uh, all over the women, I mean, all over the UK, women make applications, and they choose only around some 20 or 22 women, and again from different background, different age groups, and things. So I mean, I felt at that moment maybe I. I never even thought that I would get a place but as as I said I always love to try give it a chance and I was very honest with my application to say what exactly I am and what is that I I believe in what my vision is and what the support I need so I exactly said in my application what is that I'm looking up for from this program and uh, um, God's grace I I did get uh, selected and I was assigned a mentor uh, I was uh, with uh, Ruth Cadbury MP I mean, she is an MP from uh, the place where I live in Hounslow. And uh, then, so it's a 10-month program, so they give you an overview. It's not like a regular uh, day, uh, everyday kind of a program. It's once in a month you, like, you know, have spent a few hours. Uh, there are different uh, areas like public speaking, um, debating, and understanding policy, how to, like, you know, policy making. So a range of uh, uh, topics are there. So we get some guidance and mentoring. And then uh, since we are paired up with an MP, so uh, monthly once I meet up with her, I come prepared with my questions. And it's just a casual chat over a coffee or over a, a meal together. And that's where I used to like, you know, understand from her what she does and how I could develop myself. And I would clarify my questions, my doubts. And uh, that's how I built my knowledge. And uh, yeah, then while within the 10 month program, I mean, I uh, the program started in September 2016. Uh, and uh, December 2016, I got to know about the city of London elections. And I just told my mentor, I would like to uh, like, you know, go for this election. And she was like, oh, you're really too fast. <laughs> <laughs> because generally, like at least they'll be for a year, understand and things. Right. But uh, I mean, uh, I gave it a try because if not me, the opportunity will be gone to someone else. So why should I wait for... Uh, uh, sure. So I just, uh, I mean, whatever knowledge I had acquired. And of course, during the process, I had built a lot of uh, networks with a lot of like-minded women who are there to support me or guide me and give me guidance and advice. And I always am very uh, open and I approach people and ask for help. When I say ask for help, it is not like, you know, as a favor or something. It is like sharing knowledge. And that's something I think uh, we, I mean, we always, as women, we feel shy about it to go discuss or ask or get guidance. And um, so, I mean, I took all that uh, right advice and uh, made my own decisions and strategies and I went for it. No, that's really great. And, and the points that you've raised about taking risk 
asking for advice, mentoring. So these are these are the things that is a lot in the media these days. Mm. You know about uh, gender diversity, ethnicity yeah. diversity. Yeah. What are the things or key things that you are seeing in in politics at the moment? Where um, do you see equal representation from um, you know men and women yeah. uh, together? If not, what are the what are the things that are being done in in that area? Okay, I mean um, there's a lot of talk uh, these days in the media about uh, like you know equal representation, yeah. uh, equal pay, uh, gender diversity. Um, I mean it's this is not new. It's been there for years. There are legislations, but it is how much people have put into practice or mm-hmm. really following it. Um, but in the last few months, if you see, there's a lot of uh, uh, hype in the oh, media about this. And uh, I would say, uh, coming from a, a corporate or a professional background, there is, uh, I mean, there's no equal representation in the corporate boardrooms, neither is it in politics. But at least with Labour Party, I would say they are making a good effort in terms of, uh, like, you know, having uh, equal representation uh, in Parliament or even in any of the public uh, uh, service roles. So there is work being done. Um, so Labour Party, I would say, would be a good example who has been a bit on a forefront uh, mm-hmm. in this. And um, I mean, I feel it is like, you know, um, though the mechanisms are there, the legislations are there, a part of the responsibility lies within women also. We yeah. need to come forward. We should also like, you know, be there to say, yes, I'm interested. I would get into the system. Yeah. So it's both ways. Of I mean, there is opportunity available, but it is the like you know the the desire, the passion, and the drive of uh, women also coming forward to take up these positions. Yeah. So yeah, you know, it, like it's you, two ways. So the, absolutely. Yeah. And you know, like how you mentioned that before you got into this this profession, you you had um, program for ten months that you signed up for. Um, now that you are actively involved, have you thought about mentoring women? Uh, who who would like to enter but then probably do not have the uh, I don't know maybe the infrastructure or the knowledge mm. of getting into a more structured program like you had yeah. so is there is there any mentoring that you do yes um, I with do, the upcoming uh, talent yes I do um, I mean I'm on uh, I'm on the advisory board of uh, some of the women's organizations and also I've uh, launched a scholarship in my alma mater in uh, Chennai, the I mean, SIT college where I studied. So I've started a small scholarship program. <clears throat> so it's not only uh, providing financial assistance for uh, young women to do higher studies or acquire new skills. It's also the mentoring that I would give personally, like, you know, at least mm-hmm. uh, 10 to 20 hours uh, for them over a period of a few months. To just have a kind of a, when I say mentoring, it's not that formal sort of a yeah. training. Mm-hmm. It's more having an open dialogue, uh, clarifying mm-hmm. your doubts, and just showing them, uh, like you know, how to cope up with different obstacles and things. So I'm already doing that, and uh, as I said, I'm also associated with a lot of other organizations where I just advise people on business or entrepreneurship or getting into political uh, public mm-hmm. life or on leadership roles. So whatever my experience is there, I share and uh, I share the experience and I just uh, give them the confidence to like, you know, go give it a try, get into it, learn from the experience. Yeah. So I'm already doing that well, uh, a few things. Yeah. No, I mean, that's amazing. You obviously, as you mentioned that you're a businesswoman, wife, mother, you're also, you know, counselor. 
men, you know, mentoring to uh, these young women back home. How do you prioritize all this? Because obviously, end of the day, you have too many hats to wear. So, what, which hat do you wear when? <laughs> I think first thing, I think all women will be very glad to hear that, like you know, uh, women are born multitaskers. So that's there, I, which I'm always uh, proud of. I would say, and thank God for that. And uh, second thing is, it's all the passion and the drive. Like you know, um, and I believe in creating a legacy. and i feel that uh, everyone who's a, whoever has the who's been lucky to be born uh, i mean before they die do something so that like you know you create a legacy you create a better place for the future generations maybe i might sound very philosophical but this is something i mean it's been there within my family from childhood that uh, we are born for a purpose and we need to do something and it's not about just like you know having a good career a good family life mm-hmm. it's something beyond that and uh, that drive is what makes me like you know do all these things even i do get tired but of course i prioritize on the Uh, so that I do justice in every role that I undertake. That's all it is. That's brilliant, and I understand <coughs> all these roles that 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 you have undertaken. They are time consuming. Yeah. So what do you do to unwind? And do you have any other hobbies or um, anything that you would like to do in the future? Uh, Hobby wise, I mean, I I love to. Um, uh, I mean, I might sound a bit uh, uh, weird. for me hobby is i would say i mean spending time with my family some quality time um, just chat with my husband my children and uh, uh, just share any funny things that happened throughout the day so that's more my of my stress buster i mm-hmm. would say and then i uh, uh, i watch some good movies or listen okay. to some songs but it is very limited okay. it's very uh, less time and but for me hobby is more of like you know researching on new things finding out more like you know information about so that's something i love to do in my spare time and uh, i mean i get hardly very little time but uh, yeah it's more on spending time with the family that's what <laughs> uh, yeah i don't blame you i mean it was an interesting question i was curious to to hear your answer on that but yeah when yeah, when shivani asked that i was like uh, when do you have the time for a hobby but knowing you who knows you have a structured way of approaching your life maybe there's a time for hobby as well no, no, it's not always very structured it is sometimes like you know i'm just thrown up with surprises or uh, i mean it's i'm sure it's still organized chaos in your life everything is organized <laughs> but thank you very much for your time today and thank you for sharing uh, a new profession that i have learned something new about though it's uh, politics uh, we all like to be you know stay abreast of what's happening with kind of face but there are a lot of roles like yourself which goes under the carpet so to speak and not many people are aware that this happens and uh, people like yourself who are strong willed and with strong desire and wants to bring a change in the society so thank you very much for our talking yeah. to us today thank you very congratulations much congratulations thank well you done. Hope you enjoyed listening to this episode. You can catch all upcoming episodes on the website globalize-asian.co.uk or via your iOS or Android devices. Also, if you wish to join us as a speaker and share your story, please do drop us a message via the contact form on the website.